This crowd, where would we be? We'd be lost without the Mesilla Yesharim. And I actually wanted to uh, bring in a piece from the Benishchai to bring practical application. It's always good to synthesize halacha and musar because we Jews are not uh, like the Kabbalah Center where everything is just theoretical. We want to hear everything we learn. We need to incorporate it in our lives. So we're in chapter 7 and uh, Zerizut is what we're learning. And I was looking up in my... Uh, Dictionary, what it means exactly. So, um, it's, it means to be swift. And, uh, it says, There's two parts of practically running after mitzvot. One is before the action and one is after. So what does this mean? The, the, the action is that you shouldn't make the mitzvah what? Chametz. You know, parenthetically, this is one of the most beautiful lessons. It's for this reason that in Hebrew, we don't have vowels in the Torah. Because matzah and mitzvah are spelled the mitzvot and matzot are, expelled, are spelled exactly the same way. Why is that? Because the lesson of Pesach is just like you can only create matzah if you're swift, right? If you're on top of things, same thing. You can only really be successful in your carrying out the mitzvot if you're what? Like Baruch Hashem, here everybody went yeshiva and you're going. So many people, you they, they say later, later, later. Does it ever come? So that's the same thing. Mitzvah, if you put it on the back burner, it becomes chametz. It becomes something undesirable. It doesn't happen. So it says, what it means is that when the time of the mitzvah comes, or when you have the opportunity to do a mitzvah, or when you think about it, right? Let's say, I'll give you a very good example. I know this happened. Let's say you have a billion dollars and you want to build a yeshiva. So do it. Because maybe, you never know, maybe your stock is going to come down. And then you're, you're never going to be able to have the opportunity. So when, when, when the, when the God gives you the clarification in your mind to do amazing mitzvah, don't say, okay, I'll do it in 10 years. If you have the money, do it now, right? That's the difference between neder and nedava. So it says, He says, once you have the opportunity, or you're thinking about the possibility of doing a mitzvah, quickly you have to do what? Grab it. Right? And don't let time, time is our enemy here, right? Because if you want to be like a sloth, or a snail, then you're never going to get to the finish line, right? You're never going to get... It says, Because if you put time between, like I, I, I want to say, I want to be joking if I know a dozen people, maybe even more, that they always, they really wanted to go. I believe they were not like, 
lying to me that they didn't. They authentically wanted to go to yeshiva, but they said later. Did later ever come? No. So it's just for the same reason that even if you go to yeshiva, you should start off your marriage like in kolel, like a extended honeymoon. Like if you're able to do for a year. I know people have done that. They say it's really good. No, you have to really. We live in a. We live in a society where it's so materialistic that every husband and wife, they should start the foundation of their marriage that the husband is like immersed in, the, in Torah and learning, you know? And that'll give momentum hopefully for the next uh, 70, 80 years that this couple's together, 120 years together, that it's going to be on a basis of Torah, not a fakeness. You know how much divorce there is out there? So it says... There's nothing more dangerous than when you decided to do a mitzvah, but you don't do it, and then you let time go in between, right? Because then you're going to... Let me ask you. If you won the lottery, right? And it says, Mega Ball, you be, you're going to become a billionaire. Are you going to say, Oh, Farda, tomorrow I'm going to go cash in the money. Are you going to go to run to it today? What's worth more? When you die, you're going to take out of your money with you? The only thing that you're going to take with you is what? Your mitzvot. Your mitzvot. Right? So I think that's a beautiful mashah. That, and it, it says, Asher rega mithadesh tov. And he says, there's, a, there's no limit to how many different excuses the Satan, rocks and stumbling blocks the Satan could throw in front of you. Right? Like a guy wants to go to yeshiva, right? So he wanted to go, but now he says, oh, I'll do it a year later. Between now and a year later, how many excuses could come up for you not going? Hundreds, if not thousands. Oh, I'm going to lose out. I got into a good medical school. Oh, I got into this, I got into that, you know? And then the opportunity just goes by. Uh, do you know people cry to me? That their soulmate came knocking at the door. But they since they didn't have the Ten Commandments of dating class, they were they weren't using their brain. They you know God, the Zohar says, doesn't every day send you a good gift, right? Hashem says you soulmate or somebody that's compatible, you reject it. Why do why do you deserve Hashem to do another miracle for you? Right? And then these people, it's so sad. They die without any wife or children, you know? That's another classical case of when you put the mitzvah of getting married on the back burner. Does it ever happen? Never. So it says, mm-hmm. So this is why uh, King David, by the way, was very important regarding making, right? Who was the person that succeeded David as the king of Israel? Shlomo. That's your name, no? So it says, David told his general, his arch chief of staff, Ben Ayahu, which was a very big son, Ben Ayahu Ben Yoyada, he says, Vayomar, Amen, Ken Yomar Hashem. So it, it seems that King David wanted to see during his lifetime, now, today, that Solomon would be um, 
crowned as the king. Because between here and the place where they were going to crown him as a king, you know, it's important for kings, they were usually crowned by a river to show that it's always going to flow the royal reign and supremacy. So it says, he says, if we, if we put it for tomorrow, between there and here, there's going to be a lot of people that say Shlomo's too young. How old, well, how old was Shlomo? He was only 12 years old when he became king. Shlomo. Wow. Yeah. So it says, Like we said before, our rabbis say, be careful because of the matzot, that they shouldn't become chametz. But like we said before, matzot and mitzvot can be read in the same, it could say, Ushmartem natata matzot of Passover, but Ushmartem, be careful of the mitzot. Because if you want to be a lazy bum, and say tomorrow, 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 you're never gonna do it. Like we see in our community. So many people, guys, I want to tell you something. One time my brother-in-law's um, uncle, which is such a prominent man, such a royal Rabbi Balanis, the chief rabbi of Shiraz was saying like, especially for women, they have a, they have a, uh, you know, men could always usually be fruitful and multiply. But women literally have a window of opportunity. It's like a ticking time bomb. Once it gets to a certain age, like nowadays, thank God, thank God they're able to freeze their eggs and stuff, because then they're going to gonna have to get an egg donor, and then I dealt with it. It becomes very sloppy, but there's a window of opportunity in life that like a certain age, I would say probably, you know, you could get married technically anytime, but how are you going to have kids? If a man doesn't get married by 45, what, he's going to go marry a 30-year-old woman? Right? There's a window of opportunity where if you're not with the program, you snooze, you lose. And um, it's, a, it's a sad thing. So it says... Uh, a mitzvah that comes to your door, don't make it chametz. What do we do on Passover? We burn chametz, which symbolically we're burning the satan, which is compared to chametz. Did you know that? Because we say we have to be what? Swick, swift. And the same way you would like, I said before, cash in your log, right? You won the lotto. You're not going to go tomorrow. You're going to go today. Same thing. Cash it in. That's why the Gemara in, in Nazir, page 32, says, you, you should know, one of the most sinister things that happened in the Torah was a daughter slept with her father. Who was that? The father of King David. King David came from this lineage. Moab and Ammon. Lot, Abram's nephew, was saved from the city of Sodom and Amorah. And his daughters, the Torah says, truly, authentically believe that not only was Sodom and Amorah destroyed, but the whole world was destroyed. So they made their father drunk. And they what? Made, had relations with him. And they, both of them had children. So it says, since in their own mind they thought they were doing a mitzvah, right? Because the one did it before the her, the other sister. Each sister had children from her father, because they thought the whole humankind is wiped out. You understand? But because one preceded the 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 other one before, 
Four generations before her great-grandchildren became a Jewish king. That was her reward. Because, again, they were, it was a liquor. They were doing a mitzvah on the, more swiftly and quickly. And it says in the Gemara, Zrizim Maktimina Mitzvot. It's for this reason that like Persian Jews I've seen in the city make a big mistake. There's many, many halachic ramifications that come out of this. It says mitzvot should be done earlier in the day. That's why like a brit milah, a lot of times they make it like later in the day. That's not right. It's a mitzvah to do it what? as early as possible. Or like, you know, it's a mitzvah to pray with what? Sunrise. And... And all these other things. Actually, I once had a very interesting question. One of my uh, second cousins, his father passed away. His, uh, he was my second cousin passed away, which his son, which was my second cousin once removed, asked me a question. He said, I'm working in downtown. I only have an opportunity to pray uh, once a day. So should I go to Shachrit or should I go to Mincharvit? So I didn't know. I asked my rabbi. I said, maybe Imin Haravid, he prays two. Right, exactly. Shachrit, it's only one. So I asked my rabbi, Rabbi Tzvi Shlita. He said, no, it's better for him to go Shachrit. And I think his reasoning was based on this, that you never know what's going to happen in the end of the day. And he also could be because of tefillin. He puts tefillin, but he was of the belief that... Um, so... And it's a mitzvah, the Gemara in Brachot says, you should always run towards a mitzvah. Even though on Shabbat, it's not recommended to run and sweat. But to the Kenny side, it's a mitzvah to run. That's why it says in the Gemara Brachot, it says, Abayas thought that the rabbis were sinning when they always used to run to go learn the Torah shir, the Torah class on Shabbat. But later, a great rabbi came and said, no, we always have to run towards the, the, the synagogue and the yeshiva. Even on Shabbat. He said that I started running also. Because he said, you know, he didn't know. He thought that on Shabbat it's so important. It says that, Amru, Hu yenahageu admud bezerizut, keilan almud kemanda amar betok alamot tafot. It says that we pray to Hashem that even towards the end of our life we are able to be zerizut, swift, like an eagle. To run like a cheetah. And to do a mitzvah. Because it says, He says, if you're quick to do a mitzvah, it shows that you're a complete man. Which means, I'll tell you a scary thing, my rabbi said, my rabbi said this, Rabbi Ben David, he was a student of the Chazonish. He says, it says in the Kabbalistic books, that somebody that always did all his mitzvah like a snail, when he dies and his soul wants to go to Garden of Eden, God is going to take him like a snail there. Wow. You understand? Midah can I get midah. But he says if you were like a lion, like a cheetah, you went override, quick. Then when your soul leaves your body, zoom, barabim, baraboom. <laughs> quick, quick, quickly. Right? Because guys, if you take a trillion times a trillion, a trillion to the trillionth degree. Take, for example, the greatest pleasure you've ever had in your life. Times a, tri- times a trillion to the trillionth degree. One second of your soul getting going and back and connecting to its creator in the next world is more than that. So it depends. If you did all your life like a slow motion snail, 
then when you're, you're okay, if you did a lot of mitzvot, which I don't know how technically that's possible, but that's another another question. Then you know God is our reflection of us. God is our shadow. So now when your soul wants to go, it's going to go what one mile an hour because you might want one mile an hour. But if you go a hundred miles an hour, then when your soul, right, goes to 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 get its reward, it, it also. It, it goes like that. So that's what we pray with, that even in our old age, we'd be able to have the zechut to uh, become... He says, uh, it's it's sad. Somebody that um, that is, is lazy is not a complete person. And you know, the Mesilat Yesharim, the whole goal of the book is to create that perfectly well-balanced uh, servant of Hashem, soldier of Hashem. Right? So he says, says, our natural tendency is to be lazy, right? He says, if you really proactively, which means if you proactively don't push yourself, you're not going to come to Zerizut. Because naturally speaking, our body, and I want to teach you here, a lot of a thing my Rosh Hashiva Rav Weinberg taught me. A lot of people don't know. He was the mentor of Rav Noach. He was the older brother of Rabbi Noach. Yakenberg said an amazing thing. He said, "A lot of people don't know. If you ask the standard person, how how many aspects is uh, is to our personality, to our soul? So if you ask ask a random person, they'll say two. You have a soul and a body." That's not true. It's four. There's four energies going in inside of you right now. There's four different energies. Did you know that? There's the soul, which is that spark of God. There's the body, which is physical. But then there's two other energies. There's the Yetzah Hatov. It's an energy that you only get at your bar mitzvah, by the way. It's an energy that wants to push you to do good, like your conscience. Then there's the Yetzah Hara, the Satan, that is what? Want to pull you towards sin. Now, these two are comrades. Your body and the Yetzahara, the negative satanic energy that, by the way, has a 13-year advantage over the Yetzahara Tov. Because the second you come out of your mother's womb, you're born with what? Vasvas. The temptation to do sin. Your Yetzirah 12, conscience doesn't come till what? 13. So, your Neshama and Yetzirah 12 are what? On the same team. You understand? Your Yetzirah and body are on the same team. Now the thing that Ramchal says in his other book, Derek Hashem, that hopefully we can get to someday, is that in this world, do you have home court advantage to do a mitzvah? Or are you on a foreign we have home court. We don't have home court. Why not? Because this world is all about how many bad friends are there, how many bars are there, why, how many. Why does it matter about home court or whatever you can? That's why you need to go to yeshiva. Can, can you make it? Can you make this place home court? You can. You can. Yeshiva. Home court is the next world. This is the world of falsehood. In this world, it breaks my heart. My Rosh Hashiva said, when the, the Gra writes in Shira Shirim. You know, one of the holiest books we have is Shira Shirim. It seems like an X-rated story of love between them. Solomon actually wrote it. But it's actually the Holy of Holies. 
The Gra there explains one of the reasons Mashiach doesn't come is because people, when they're in yeshiva and they're young, they learn Torah. But once they go after money and they get a profession, they like their learning goes down 99% of the time. Here you have a lot, a lot, a lot of temptations to be the folk, focal point of your life, not to be what? Mitzvah. The focal of, some people, the focal point of their life is sexual pleasure. Right now there's a big scandal that happened in Israel. I don't want to repeat, I'll tell you off camera, but it's um, really big Russian happened. A guy that wrote 80 children's books, was an orthodox therapist, was, did a lot of bad things. So this world is a world that there's a lot, a lot of... Listen, my dad, my father passed away from the CANCR. There's a lot of pain, suffering, and even even if you have a perfectly good mazal and health, a lot of people get obsessed with a lot of wrong things, with money, fame, sexual pleasure. That's what I'm saying. This guy was a sex addict. I mean, he was doing a lot, a lot of bad things. Yeah, yeah he was a pervert. But uh, what I'm trying to say is that we do not have home court advantage. That's what the Ramchal is saying. You need to really be strong as a lion to what? You do not have home court advantage here. Here you're in darkness. It's only if you always have the flashlight of learning Gemara and Musar and stuff like Mishliyat Yesharim. Every day, are you going to be able to get to your goal? But if you don't learn like these things, Halakha, Gemara, uh, Musar every day, you're going to, you don't have home current advantage. You're going to get lost, like he says big, more uh, previously in the few chapters before, it's like a maze. And you don't have a GPS, you're going to get lost yeah. and fall into a pit. Now, what is that pit? Some people, it's money. Some people, it's sexual pleasure. Some people, it's getting drunk. Some people, it's drugs. Some people, you know, there's no shortages of things that, uh, as well as you know from your own old friends, not your new friends. But uh, it says, it says that, uh, it says, if you really want though, it's definitely within your reach. Because your soul is godly. Right? So don't think just because you don't have home court advantage, the soul, you have God on your side. You know? Your Father in Heaven is, is cheering and pushing you to, to, to get it. So it's just like any other good habit. Once you start um, practicing Zerizut, it's not out of your reach to do it. And he says, you get you get much more reward, actually. I didn't know this. Yeah. I have a question. So in this world, we're able to affect, like, the spiritual world. Like, when someone passes away, we're able to, like, elevate them up to go yeah. to Gan Eden. Does yeah. it work in reverse, too? Like, people that are ready in, like, Olam Haba, can they impact us in this world? Yeah, they could. They could, they could. they could pray. There's a Chazonish that said, well, they could. They, they could. They could. The neshama of the sadikim, they, they do go to God's uh, chariot, God's seat of mercy, and beseech that, you know, God should... Um, have... Uh, how powerful that is, I don't know. I don't know much about it, but I know it could it's happen in question. reverse. It's called zechut avot, which means... If your forefathers were very, very holy and Jews, they cried to God in heaven if they see their kids are not being holy like them. So they could have an effect also. Right. So it says, Now we're going to talk about, so all this is talking about 
before actually doing the mitzvah. He says, but then there's a second type of zerizut, which we, even when you start doing the mitzvah, you still need zerizut. How is that? Once you start a mitzvah, like incomplete, finish the mitzvah. Because, like somebody starts going to medical school, but there's a lot of people that drop out in the middle. You know? I know personally a lot of people that dropped out. It got very hard, and they, so that's, Satan is the same way. He's very, very conniving and dangerous. If not, we wouldn't get any reward, you know? For anything we did. So he says, It says you shouldn't like once you started think, Oh, don't breathe a sigh of relief. <laughs> because you have to always pray to Hashem to help you to finish the mitzvah. You understand? That's honestly why Moshe was crying 515 times. Because he started the mission to bring them into the Holy Land. But since he, it was, it was literally killing him that he couldn't finish the mission. You understand? Part of Zerizut, this is a very interesting idea. Part of Zerizut is that if you started the mission, see it through, right? Don't abandon it halfway. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. You know what I mean? So it says, and it says, that's what our rabbi says. The rabbi says, somebody that starts a mitzvah and doesn't it, God forbid, he's going to bury his wife and children. It's like a bad curse. It says that, um, it says, so it says, it says, actually, a mitzvah, like we say in Farsi, it says a mitzvah only goes by the person that finishes it. So that's a shame. If you start something, finish it. I heard from the great author of the Ali Shur, Rav Volbi, when I was in Yeshiva, the Mir. He said that's what the Pshad is when we say on Shabbat and the holidays. God, make our heart pure that we uh, serve you with emet. Emet is a fascinating letter. Aleph is the beginning of the alphabet. Mem is the middle letter of the alphabet. And Tet is the last letter of the alphabet. He says, God, purify our heart that we don't give up in the middle. We see the mitzvah truth from Aleph to the middle towards the end. And it says, Shlomo Melech says, he says, if you see a man that's very swift, he's going to be working for royalty, for the king. Because who's the, who does the king want to hire? The people that get the job done. And the rabbis were very um, proud of Solomon that he, he built the temple through, he saw it through. He built it before his own house. Is that not correct? So he says Solomon didn't like, you know, David also, it says in Tehillim. David said, I would never sleep at night. I would like, he would be obsessed until he got the mission done to do what? By the holy plot of Zion to build the Shlomo. So if you have a mitzvah project, like I've seen this unfortunately happen sometimes. Like somebody pledged in a, in, in a banquet in front of a hundred, I apologize, in front of a thousand people that he's going to build a yeshiva, 
Then when they killed him, give up the money, he didn't do it. That's very bad. Even if he said Belineder, but you understand? He said Belineder? Yeah, he probably said Belineder. But the thing is, because when you do a mitzvah, you're creating an angel. Do you want the angel not to have a head? To be deformed? You want to finish the mitzvah so that, because every mitzvah you do, you create an angel. So if you do the mitzvah only halfway, you're killing, creating half an angel. So in the Garden of Eden, one of your servants is going to be half. He's gonna, <laughs> no, it says this in the Zohar. It says it in the Sefer Haredim, there's such an idea. So it's a, it's a scary thing. You don't want that chas shalom. That's why it's the same way. Kavana, you're going to find a lot of angels don't have a head. Because when you did it, you weren't thinking. You were, th- you were looking at your phone. And then you're going to see all these angels that have headless. So it says um, that that's a scary idea. That's something that could keep you up at night. If you really believe in that, and it is the truth, uh, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a scary thing. So it says that, uh, we're almost finished. It says that, It says, every Sadiq, Rav Chaim Kanyaneski also writes this in his book, actually. Sagatayra Gaon. He says he never saw by his uncle the Chazonish or by his father. He says always all the great leaders of Torah, all the Sadiqim, they would get the job done, the mitzvah done as soon as possible. They would not put it for tomorrow. It's kind of like a hallmark of a Sadiq is what? Somebody that does his mitzvot right away. Right away. Like, uh, I, I, I'm giving you guys some homework. Go look at this in, uh, you see this in Parshat Vayera, where God comes to Abram. Go look over there, guys, in chapter 18 of the Torah, for first book, Bereshit. By Mahel Abraham, everything, it says probably 20 times. I'm not joking, I wouldn't be exaggerating. When the, the three angels that come as disguised as three Arabs in front of Abram, everything he does, when he tells his son Yishmael, Run, run and go bring the food to this guest, right? By Maher Avraham it says, uh, Avram ran to bring the food to serve the guest. Sarah ran to feed the guest. Even Yishmael ran. Same thing when Rivka was giving the water to Eliezer, Eved Avram, right? Remember, they did a test to see who was going to be the appropriate wife for Yitzchak. When Rivka, our matriarch, the mother of Yaakov, brought the water to feed the uh, camels and Eliezer. She did it with Zerizut. She ran. So it says, so You know what the Bali Musar say though? That the students of Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, they say Zerizut is also in the head. Because a lot of times the Satan, it's, it makes you lazy to think. Should I? Somebody offers you opportunity to do the mitzvah, doesn't mean that you should run like a crazy person and break your feet. Like stamp on... Zerizur is you have to do everything in a dignified way. Like if you want to run to kiss kiss the Torah and then you shove a few people like that, that's not what Zerizur is, right? Zerizur is also here that once you have the opportunity, you know how valuable the mitzvah is that you, you don't have to... What do they say? What's the word in English? Um, procrastinate. You don't procrastinate. What? When you procrastinate to do a mitzvah or not, that shows you don't have zevizud. So that's an interesting thing that the students of Rabbi Sal Salanter say. So it says, Our rabbis teach us that in Navi we also see this. 
that Sadiqim by definition they do everything swiftly and quickly. They don't put a big time barrier before starting the mitzvah and ending it. Because um, that's just not the right way. Chazak